Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. And we're here with our uh, guest host, uh, Sergey Kalnish, and, and he's going to tell us a little bit, but he comes to us from a background, uh, well, a very varied background where it starts with like basketball and, and sales and a little bit of coding and recruiting and, and, and things like that. And uh, we'll probably get into a bit on like uh, mental health and, and meditation and mindfulness and things like that, too. So, uh, well, first of all, if you can start off, uh, Sergey, by telling us a little bit about what you're doing now, and then we'll kind of uh, go back in time and, and ask a little bit about yeah. uh, of you as a kid. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Luki. And uh, yeah, so right now, uh, my main uh, sort of uh, role is I'm a talent attraction manager at uh, a Series C Canadian uh, startup uh, called Jobber. Uh, we're a basically a system of record for small home services businesses. Think of like uh, plumbers, uh, electricians, uh, heating and cooling, landscaping, right? Like, uh, um, and uh, I do talent attraction. So I'm uh, basically uh, responsible for uh, working with our, our product development teams and uh, recruiting, uh, attracting, and uh, you know, screening, interviewing, uh, and sort of managing the process of how we hire our software engineers, our uh, you know, uh, product managers, product designers. Uh, I don't do that as much anymore. We, our team has grown quite a bit, but um, I'm mostly now focusing on the product engineering group and just, uh, yeah, making sure we have uh, the people that we need in order to build the company that, uh, that, that we want to build. It's pretty ambitious. Cool. Well, I, I'd love to rewind a little bit and, and go back in time in terms of like, what was Sergey like as a kid? So, so growing up, what are some of the early memories that you had? <laughs> what, what was he like? Uh, growing yeah. up and then kind of going along the journey from from then until now sure uh wow so i was born in the old soviet union when it was the soviet union 1984 okay. um, and uh, uh so i spent uh, w- which would now the the town i was born uh, in is uh is part of russia and uh um, I only lived there for like the first four years of my life. My family moved uh, over to Bulgaria, which is in Eastern Europe, uh, still during this sort of uh, communist, you know, type of uh, uh, era before the Berlin Wall, you know, fell and everything. And uh, um, I grew up in Bulgaria, which is a, a small country in Eastern Europe, uh, kind of like between uh, Serbia and, uh, uh, and, and, and Greece, you know, and sort of in that area. And uh, pretty poor country, um, you know, uh, and, and the early 90s were, uh, my, my family was into computer, like my dad was a, a sort of an early, a, like an a, a early uh, time computer scientist in a way, like okay. he was studying automation and um, the, the, those working with the early computers that were like huge, you know, like a, took up a room or something like that and used like tapes, magnetic tapes and all those types of things. Yeah. So I kind of had a bit of a technology, like I had an interest in technology early on. I, I remember one of my earliest memories is like watching the Terminator, like with one of my best friends. I was maybe five or six years old and uh, we were like under the table, kind of scared. And But but there was also something that I felt like uh, really just interested in this whole concept of like the future and technology and robots. And um, so that kind of stayed with me for a while, uh, right around until I discovered basketball, which is, okay. uh, you know, I, I, it was a big influence on my, uh, my life. And, uh, especially, you know, so I, I started, uh, uh, I saw Michael Jordan play like in a, 
in a in a in a highlight uh, thing and uh, just kind of like he made it look so effortless and uh, I just at the time I was playing soccer or something and I uh, I remember just taking my soccer ball and I went outside to like the closest uh, basketball hoop that I could find and I just started like trying to imitate what he was doing but I, I discovered very quick that it was extremely hard right um, but he made it look so easy with just to a kid. I was like nine, maybe at, at the time. It just, it, it really seems like magic, right? That right. somebody can do these things, right? And uh, and I think that's another big part of me is that there's this competitiveness, this the sort of uh, interest in uh, learning and developing and, and, and sort of learning a skill. So I just started every day going to that playground and just like shooting around by myself, just trying to figure out uh, and, and sort of mimic uh, everything I was seeing. So um, that led to uh you know sort of a, a pretty serious you know uh, relationship with basketball if you will like i played uh, uh you know uh, played like um, uh, at, a, at the club level in bulgaria like i played a little bit of semi-professionally um uh, at the age of maybe like 16 17 and you know i was at that age like you're dreaming about impossible things so right. i was dreaming about playing in the nba right like sure. that was really my my um my sort of goal but i wasn't as uh uh you know i was also like uh, i really liked video games like right around the the, the time that i became like uh, sort of uh, more maturing like 15 16 kind of coming back into that world of technology because like video games were so incredible at that time that you could really like it was like a different world and okay. The internet had just come out uh, in 94, 95 was like becoming more, um, you know, prevalent. We had a home, we had a computer at home, we could connect to the internet. And probably a very defining moment for me was when I first like connected to the NBA.com website from like my home, my, my home computer, you know, a little room. And, um, you know, I just remember typing like, cause by then I was like, it was like, maybe I was 12 or something, 13, it was maybe 90, 95, 96. And, and you're still uh, in Bulgaria at this time. I'm still in Bulgaria. Yeah. The the modem is dialing like, eh, you know, like those <laughs> yeah. noises that it used to make. Like, it took like five minutes to connect. And I type in NBA.com. And by then I was just fascinated with everything to do with basketball, the NBA, America, that culture, like, you know, the the um, everything that went with it. And and I remember the web page started slowly downloading, just like, you know, it was literally yeah. like rendering like line by line. And that I can't, I can't really describe. It was like, an, the experience was like, a, it's something magical because it's like, yeah. oh, like I'm all of a sudden in this completely different world, you know, that um, seemed like that was so far away, but now it's like right on my computer. So I actually built uh, uh, my first website. I was 13 and it was a, a sort of a dedicated to Michael Jordan. And uh, I put like pictures and videos and highlights and like wrote stories about like, you know, how he's inspired me to play basketball and all those things. And, and um, yeah, so basketball was really like it for me uh, until I went to the States, ironically. I got, a, I got to live out my dream in a way and got, I got a scholarship to, um, to go play in university. Uh, so full, you know, full scholarship. So my parents like, didn't have to uh, worry about anything. Uh, but when I got there, it, it's like you realize, I remember I, I got to the gym um, and it was uh, maybe a week or two before classes were to start. And I mean, this is a, uh, without even knowing, I ended up on like the preseason number one uh, ranked school in the country, uh, okay. in the in the NAIA. Not like what some people don't realize about the US and, and basketball is that 
there's a, you know, there's different levels, right? Like there's sure. NCAA division one, which is like March madness. So NIA is uh, the national Ath- uh, athletic uh, in, uh, intercollegiate association. It's less known. It's like small private schools, but uh, surprisingly they get a lot of great basketball talent because uh, the, the rules are different than the NCAA and, and sometimes uh, players get in trouble. So on our team, we had, I think three or four, like NCAA Division One transfers, right? That had played at that level. So when I walked into that gym in the summer, and it was just like some of the players had come to start, you know, kind of getting ready for the preseason, and they were just playing a pick up, pick up, pick up game. And I just remember uh, getting in, and uh, I, it was just so fast, so athletic. <laughs> like it, it was way beyond like anything that I had experienced, you know. Um, and uh, and it, it, I think I kind of knew deep down, even though obviously I, I, I mean, I, I stayed with it and I, I fought to get to the highest level I could, but I just, at that point I knew probably I wasn't going to be making my living as a basketball player. You know, I probably wasn't going to the NBA. So it's kind um, of that big fish in a small pond type of thing. And now you're a big fish in a big pond type of thing. So, so you realize well, that the caliber is totally different. Yeah, I was the uh, smallest. I mean, uh, I wasn't the best basketball player back back home either, but okay. I was just crafty and I used my. Uh, I was I, I played more smart than I was like physically gifted, or I wasn't very fast. Uh, I, I could shoot pretty well, but I just I played well. I was the guy that set the screens and dove for the ball, and kind of like a Dennis Rodman, but without the athleticism. <laughs> so it's it's really not uh, you know. I was a great teammate. You know, I was always like there to, I was always like keeping everybody together. I was cheering everybody on. I, I would give the spark play, you know, and, and sometimes I'd have really, really good games. Like I did have, uh, I did have, I was pretty talented. I just, uh, you know, couldn't quite put it together. Didn't have that type of mentality and focus that I think it takes to be a professional athlete. Like you just have to be completely dedicated to that craft my attention was all over the place, right? I was interested in business. I was interested in marketing. I was interested. I was reading everything. I was, uh, you know, like, yeah, probably the first thing, if I could go back, like in the context of this pod, you know, this podcast and the topic is that I remember a teacher in high school coming up to me and my, uh, my mom uh, after like my, my like kind of like almost like a high school uh, graduation. And, and she came up and she was like, she told my mom, she was like, because we had computer science uh, and this was the computer science teacher. We had it in in my high school. It was a pretty advanced high school for for that time. And she said, um, you know, he, he shouldn't be wasting his time with, with basketball. Like you talk to him to, to get into computer science. Uh, and she had actually worked in the same Institute that my dad was working in. Like they really knew that technology was going to be the future, right. That uh, computers were going to be the future. And at that time we were learning like Pascal and we were learning like low level programming languages in high school, like at the age of like 15, this is, uh, you know, like in, 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 in basically, uh, just uh, a few years after the Soviet Union, you know, collapsed. So it was pretty advanced for its time, but I kind of never, I, I chose to go in the direction of pursuing my passion, my dream. Uh, and uh, and that took me to the States. That got me my uh, education, you know, and uh, and really started me on, a, I think, a, the, the journey sort of in this sales business, entrepreneurship world. So after I graduated, right, from like the age of, 21 or 22 um till you know uh 
just uh, just recently, you know, uh, that that span has been that's been a wild ride. And how did you make that decision? So so you were recruited into basketball and everyone's like flying around you and you're not able to keep up. And then when was that moment that said, you know what, I I, I have another path and, and I'm going to choose, uh, as you said, sales or something. Yeah. What was that decision? What was that decision like? Yeah, I, I, I fought it for quite some time. You know, I kept pushing and I transferred to another school, uh, like a community college, and I played there. And, uh, and then I was able to get another four-year scholarship to like a NCAA Division II school. So like I was still kind of fighting for it, but that is really the school. So that's the school that I graduated from. It's, it's called Norfolk University. It's in Michigan, just um, maybe like a five-hour, five-and-a-half-hour drive from here from Toronto. Um and, and uh, Norfolk University, like a small uh, business school, uh, maybe 2000 students, you know, but very, very rooted in this philosophy of free enterprise, right? And, okay. um, you know, free markets and uh, entrepreneurship, right? And, and all those things. And, and those are things that I also probably a very important thing just to mention uh, really quickly is that my dad, after becoming a, a after the years of computer science and the Soviet Union collapsing and everything, he basically uh, became an entrepreneur. He got into like starting different uh, businesses. And uh, uh, that is also a big influence on me. That was uh, right around the time I was a teenager as well. So uh, when I got to this university at Northwood, it just all clicked, you know, like in terms of all like business entrepreneurship and this university Northwood is very uh, entrepreneurial. It started by, or in, in many, uh, like uh, the DeVos family uh, that, that started Mway and okay. uh, they're, they're sort of uh, contributors. So that, you know, they're, um, it's quite a unique, I think, uh, educational institution in the sense that everything was fo- focused on practical experience, right? Yeah. So if we were learning about, so I was studying in um, uh, a program was called ESPM, Entertainment Sports and Promotions Management, like uh, pretty niche uh, space, and that, that's when I started thinking, okay, I can combine my passion with sports, with with my passion for sort of business and entrepreneurship, and that program and that school allowed us to really get hands on, right? So, for example, when we were learning about promotions, right, like uh, promoting events, we would actually put uh, the university would put events together, and we would all participate in in the ticket sales and the sponsorships. We would go out and talk to the community to get you know uh, community uh, support and. Um, yeah, like we basically, like it was a very practical way of learning whatever it is you were learning for the sports side of things. We got the chance to like uh, go and work at the NCAA Sweet 16 and the Final Four, like an experience, like the business side of sports, you know. That's when I think I kind of knew that all, like this world is way bigger than basketball, you know, and I have the same type of, I'm probably better equipped to to be successful in that world, you know, because, uh, you know, it's also something that, uh, I kind of have uh, a lot of passion for. So that's when it switched for me at Northwood. Uh, I was right around, you know, 21, 22 and uh, starting to get involved in, in, in these events. And it's just like, I remember that the one event where it was a music festival and uh, I I did the, the the most out of every, everybody in terms of sales, ticket sales. Like I yeah. just, I loved going into like a, a restaurant or a local, you know, shop and just talking to the owners and telling them about this event and be like, this is the, you know, so you're supporting our university and our community. And I, right. I just, I sold a lot of tickets and this is one, like you get that validation, right. That, Oh, like I'm good at this. Right. Like, and, and people sort of recognize you for it. And I think that's something that uh, everybody really needs at that 
time, you know, yeah. when they're trying to figure out. And those are the signs that I would say to look for for people. Uh, try to think of the times that, that you felt like you were really um like you felt really good about something you did, right? Like you you were recognized for something you did by somebody else. Like those are probably cues that um, that there's something there, right? Like right. The, there's something there that you could explore. Yeah, those times when it kind of lights you up and you know, like, wow, there, there was something here. Um, so, so you continued on from basketball and now, now in the business world and sales and stuff like that. And you've had a bunch of years doing that. And then you switched into like uh, recruiting and then started your own startups and things like that. So how does that... Uh, yeah. yeah, I be, before I get there, there's one more left or right moment that I think is super, <laughs> super important for people that are uh, after university, like after they graduate, maybe get that first job or I, uh, I had an internship opportunity uh, with uh, Comcast in Philadelphia, which was okay. the uh, and it was part of the there were uh, Philadelphia 76ers, right, the NBA and the NHL franchise. And I drove, uh, I drove across uh, from Michigan to Philadelphia with my best friend to go to the interview. And like, uh, like, and, and, and uh, I, it's a long story, but I, uh, I, I did really well at the interview. Like I, you know, just the fact that I drove from Michigan, like when I told them that they were so impressed, you know, I was like, I want this job. This is what I want to do, you know, and it, 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 it included all my passions, right. Uh, sports, basketball, and, and, and business. Um, I did really well. I got back, never heard from them again hmm. for, for months. Uh, and I thought, oh, like they, they picked somebody else, you know, and, um, and I started, uh, you know, okay, I was, I graduated from the university. This was going to be my internship that transitioned me into like a full-time job. And now I have nothing. Um, and I started applying everywhere. And at the time, like you were only allowed as a foreign student to stay in the country for one year. Like okay. you have a, it's called an optional practical training that, that you can work for one year. And uh, it was uh, 2007, 2008, like right around that financial, uh, you know, crisis. And it was just like, I couldn't get a job, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, I ended up uh, getting a job uh, with a, a, the Bertrand Expo Center, which is like a local um, um, uh, like a, like an events facility, right? Like something like the Toronto Metro Convention Center. And um, in August, a few months after I'd started, uh, I got a, an email from Comcast and, uh, and it said basically, hey, like, uh, so the person that interviewed you, actually, uh, they, le they left shortly after, but they left like a, a note here that basically this internship is like for you. Like it's uh, you're, you were the top candidate and we want to offer it to you. And by then I had already started in this uh, expo center. I was uh, on paper, the sales and marketing manager, but I was doing everything. Like I was cleaning the floors, setting up events, like uh, running the, 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 the vending, uh, sorry, the, 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 con the concession stands. And I didn't take that, that internship. And, and that is one of those decisions where I think, uh, you know, stuff I wish I knew earlier, I would have pursued that because that would have, I think would have set me up on a very different, uh, not that I regret the, the career I've had, but um, so sometimes I think going with your intuition, you know, if you feel like, okay, but at the time, like the decision I made was not based on uh, like a career choices or anything. It was more based on like I was dating somebody at the time and it was, <laughs> you know, uh, I didn't want to go away for that long. And I think that's another uh, thing to, 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 you know, to, to think about is uh, you'll have to make those decisions. So uh, anyhow, uh, 
fast forward to recruiting. Yeah, uh, sure. You're you're asking about. Um, yeah, so I got into recruiting uh, by complete, like I uh, by fluke. Like I, I I didn't really even know that the industry existed. Um, I uh, I was doing sales. I was working in sales, and when I first came to Canada, I already had some sales experience, and I uh, kept going into it. Like uh, the first uh, job I got was in in SaaS, like sales, uh, software as a service, early right. days, like 2010, 2011. Um, it was a small company called Point Streak Sports Technologies, and um, very, very interesting. Um, it kind of, again, merged technology and business. And I did sales uh, for a few years like, like that in different industries and never really felt like I belonged in sales. Like I, and that's another thing like always to think about if something doesn't quite feel right, like it's probably like you should listen to that. And I, right. I have to say I didn't, you know, I just kind of kept, I, I was being stubborn. I was being, you know, trying to be competitive and, and whatnot and just keep, kept saying, okay, like, you know, maybe it, it didn't quite work in this company. Maybe it'll work in this company, you know, um, in terms of sales. And then I just realized that it's not, it's not who I am. Um, it doesn't fit, you know, with, uh, with my strengths and, um, and I was working in one of those sales jobs for um, uh, a company called Unifirst. And, and I, you know, about a year into it, I was doing okay, you know, but I was just really not happy. Like it, it wasn't a good environment. It wasn't a good culture. And I, I was just really not, that was not something that I was passionate about or right. really interested in build, building a career in. Um, and uh, I got a, a, an email from a recruiter from this uh, recruiting agency that they were hiring for uh, sales uh, people, right? Business development for uh, uh, their finance and accounting recruiting practice. Okay. And uh, maybe about five minutes into the conversation, like the recruiter that I was speaking with, and this is the, the real benefit of a good recruiter. Uh, she uh, said, hey, like, you will you will be such a better fit for our um, uh, technology division. Like mm. uh, th this finance and accounting, uh, this is not really. I think you'll be a much better fit in the technology division. So um, I went in there. I met with the, the you know the the, the VP and um, you know and 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 it's interesting. He really like painted this picture of the recruiting industry as uh, it really appealed to me. He painted it in terms of, he quickly kind of figured out that I'm into basketball and, and sports. And so he made it sort of uh, pitched it to me as a, uh, like you're, it's like you're a sports agent almost. Right. And you're okay. like all these companies and you're kind of like these software engineers and technical talent, they're, they're very in demand. So, and it was so interesting. Like I didn't even know this industry existed. Uh, and he, he got me really fired up about it. And, uh, and I went in and I was there for three and a half years. That was the first time that I actually felt like, oh, wow, like this is something I can see building a career in. Um, it just really hit a lot of the things that I was passionate about. It was technology. Uh, it was people. Uh, it was, uh, you know, business, like uh, I was getting, you know, I was sitting uh, and, and, and talking to like uh, VPs of engineering and CTOs at these startups that were uh, building up and getting funded. And uh, it was all this really exciting um, innovation happening. And, and, I, and, and I knew like, I was just like, okay, this is where I need to be like something here, something with this um, and, and, and that's been, and I've been in the industry now for the past eight years. So, so this was 2013 when I got in and yeah, it's, it's going to be eight years uh, this, this summer. 
And, and talk to us a little bit about the, uh, I guess, the, the other directional shift to starting your own company. So, so you've been previously working for all these companies before, and then you decide to uh, go off on your own for a little bit. So, so what was that journey adventure like? Yeah, yeah. Um, entrepreneurship is just something I'm, I'm very passionate about. I've done it before. It's, it's interesting. I, I'm what you can call a serial entrepreneur, but not in the cool way that people talk about it, <laughs> where like they imagine somebody that's, you know, has, uh, you know, just a multimillionaire has like, no, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've started uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of businesses and, and they've all uh, failed from a financial perspective. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, there was always, you know, one thing that I always had is w- whatever job I had, like even from the first job I took when I was in, uh, in, in, uh, in university, I always looked at the ways that things could be improved. Like that just, right. that's just how my mind works. Like I would constantly like see uh, everything that, that could be improved. And I would have a lot of ideas. And I remember when I was in university, I was like uh, putting together, like Facebook has just kind of came out 2005, six. And I was putting together like a Facebook for athletes basically to okay. help connect athletes from Europe and overseas to like American colleges and universities. And, uh, you know, now that's a huge business. And I, uh, you know, I ended up, uh, you know, doing that for a while. And I, I did I end up working with and, and connecting and like uh, getting a scholarship for some, some, some players uh, from Bulgaria and like uh, Russia. And it's always just been something that I, I've had in me. I think it's just part of, uh, you know, my, again, my, my dad, my upbringing, and right. some of that experience I had. So in 2016, I was at that agency, you know, it was called Atlantic. Uh, and, uh, you know, I had a great run, you know, I was there for three and a half years and I was now the manager of recruitment services, but really I was just kind of doing the same job. I was just, you know, I had a lot more experience at it. You know, I had good clients that I was working with. Like I had, uh, I knew how the business works and it's a, it's a, it's an industry and a business where you can make a lot of money. But I remember looking at, uh, like in our office, like next to, uh, in a, a couple of desks down, uh, was one of our, like, uh, vice presidents of the finance and accounting division, which is much more mature. Uh, you know, they, um, been around for like 30 years and this was like our top performer. Like this was, uh, the person that's like, everybody looks at when you're were in my position to say like, this is like the golden standard. This is where yeah. I can be. And I just remember thinking like, that's not where I want to be. Like, that's not where I want to be. That's not. Yeah. Like that wasn't me. I, I started getting interested in recruiting and pretty quick, like within like six months, eight months, I started working also like on the recruiting side, you know, I was brought into sales, but uh, I saw like, uh, I wanted to, to try that and I wanted to grow and learn. And then, after a while, I just felt like there was so much inefficiency in the way the recruiting industry operates, you know, that sort of agency uh, model. Like I was looking at the, the fact that, you know, we work on so many client jobs and because we worked on contingency a lot of the time, uh, you know, we only got paid for about 30% of the, you know, or so of the, uh, of the work that we kind of, we, we, we did. So yeah, I just knew there was there was something uh, uh, better out there. Was we were working with a lot of startups, so I'm like, technology is like changing everything, um, you know. And I just thought like, now is the time. So I wanted to go out and 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 do try it on my own, you know, in this industry. Uh, and uh, my wife, now my girlfriend at the time, you know, she was uh, she was very supportive. I remember she was like, yeah, like you know, you have nothing to lose and. 
uh, I made the decision and I, I resigned and uh, started Smart Hire like uh, the next day, uh, November, it was November, like, yeah, like November 8th, 2016. And um, next, next week, I was on a flight to Israel with one of my, my, one of my best friends was getting married. And I just remember feeling like that freedom of, and that excitement of like, I'm, 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 it's my, on my terms now, you know, like I, I'm going to do things, you know, the, the way, uh, and sort of in a naive way, thinking that that is, uh, you know, entrepreneurship. I think a lot of people get sucked into that. They think that it's just, you know, you're going to have all this, right. You're going to travel and you're going to have all this free time and you're going to do all these things and you're just going to work on a beach all for the rest of your life. You know, maybe some people can do that. Um, that certainly was part of the appeal. I, I did also very much believe that there was a solutions uh, in the recruiting space that could be introduced that could drastically improve the experience for the candidates and the hiring managers and uh, eliminate a lot of the friction. So we started working on that and I got into a, at first I did consulting. I basically went and joined like a small, uh, uh, a small agency where basically I kind of was given the, the reins to, 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 to you know to try different things so I tried like a running like a recruitment processing a, a process outsourcing like so like outsourcing recruiting to we had a team in the Philippines and then it was the first time I, I you know I had we you know hired somebody and I was training another recruiter and kind of like doing some of the things that I couldn't quite get to do uh, at at, uh, at the previous uh, company because like uh, you know it was a much much bigger company and uh, you know I, I really didn't have that um, you know, uh, that freedom. And then I enrolled into, a, uh, an early stage startup accelerator called uh, founder Institute here in Toronto. It's a Silicon Valley program that runs in, uh, like I think over 150 countries in the world and, uh, early, early stage startup accelerator. And, um, I met, uh, Sunil Sharma there, who's, uh, sort of, a you know, he's a director of tech managing director of tech stars now. And, uh, and he just, he, He's such a, and, and the Founder Institute as well is like a, the whole philosophy there is that entrepreneurship can change the world uh, for the better. And I just fell right into my lane, sort of. It was like all these people that were trying to change the world and just so idealistic and believe that technology can solve every, all the, all problems, you know, or, or so many of our problems. And that was, you know, five, the last five years really of well four four and a half years before i joined jobber that was i was in that bubble <laughs> uh you know i was uh building that startup and i uh, you know i uh, you know um got some funding uh you know borrowed some money for the business like just you know started building software without really knowing anything about building software you know i wasn't a I didn't have the knowledge really. I, I was making all the mistakes, you know, on the go and uh, it, uh, it didn't work out. Not surprisingly, you know, like it didn't work out. We, we burned through uh, a lot of money in a short period of time and really didn't have at the end uh, a working product. We had a lot of excitement and uh, a lot of uh, sort of early uh, signs of like, we did a lot of experiments that basically showed the concept working, but we could never build a product that we could actually go in um, and market. And, uh, you know, the recovery from that was, you know, uh, you know, 
and that was right before I got married. So 2018. So now we're starting to get into the, the wedding and anybody that's gotten married uh, and had a wedding in, in, in anywhere in, the, in, in and around the GTA. Uh, it's, it, it's expensive even for yeah. a smaller group and it's stressful. And um, right at like, it was like months before the wedding. And I just remember, you know, I, I had just like, we pulled the plug on the software cause it's just like, there was no more money, right? Like I had, like I had run out of everything, right? Cause like the wedding and, and uh, all the, you know, uh, everything was basically maxed out. And, um, and yeah, I'm just, I, I needed to pivot. So I, I started going back and, and to recruiting, right? What I know and reaching out to old contacts and just like, hey, like, um, and I started working, you know, just as a recruiter and sort of working uh, for myself. And, um, and then that led to a, a partnership for the next two years where I was working with a, a recruiting agency in, uh, here in, in Toronto and also across Canada and uh, sort of back into the traditional uh, agency model. But we also did a lot of innovative things there. Like we experimented and uh, ran a project with machine learning and saw a lot of great uh, traction there and uh, also got involved in uh, uh, global hiring. Uh, so the, through the global stream uh, uh, program. Uh, so just like the last six years have really been like the most accelerated learning uh, I could possibly imagine in terms of um, the, re the, the, the recruiting, you know, craft. Um, and, um, and, and now the last seven months at Jobber, it's like, putting it all together because now you are in that position, like that position sure. that I could never get to, right. As a early stage uh, founder, like we're there where, you know, we have a product that, you know, customers are using and it's growing and, you know, um, it's incredible. It's really been, uh, I, I honestly, like sometimes I just, I, I, I don't have even the, the ability at the time to look back and like take it all in, you know, um, because it, it just, it all, happened so fast you know yeah. like the last six years have just been a, a blink of an eye and it sounds amazing it sounds like the first few chapters of the book and you have plenty more to go uh, so we'll probably be <laughs> eager to hear about what else is uh, on the horizon uh, but i'd love if we kind of closed off with some of your uh your uh, swike so we'll probably come back and do uh, a more deeper dive into things like like the whole recruiting process what's wrong what could be changed mm something on uh, entrepreneurship uh, and startups. There's a whole bunch of things I'm sure we can talk about there. Uh, and then before we were, were chatting also about things like mental health. So, so I don't know yeah. if you want spend a little time on, 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 on that. And then, uh, yeah, try yeah. to kind of share some of the swike that you have uh, for yourself there. Thank you for bringing it up. Yeah, that, that is something very important. And May is Mental Health uh, Awareness Month. And just with everything that's been going on with the, the pandemic, uh, it's it's actually pushed me to, to be a lot more uh, outspoken and open about uh, sort of just my experience with mental health. You know, I uh, and I don't I don't view it as a as a negative. I think there's a lot of stigma attached to it. So I try to talk talk about it more. Um, but, you know, I've, I've struggled with depression and anxiety for uh, over 10 years now, really all the way going back to probably those days that I came to university in the States. Those were some of the early signs, but I didn't really get into uh, understanding what it was and, and, and until I came to Canada in 2011. And that started a long journey that sort of just now I'm getting to the other end of where uh, I'm comfortable enough talking about. And, and I also know that I've learned a lot that could be helpful, uh, you know, to other people. And, and some of the things are 
I tell everybody the very best thing I ever did for, for my mental health was uh, discovering meditation. Right. Uh, really, it is probably the most powerful, uh, you know, uh, tool that I've, that I've discovered. And it, the beauty of it is you have it with you. You don't need an app, really. I mean, I, there's a lot of apps that are helpful, and sure. I'm happy to do a deeper dive into that and talk about some of the ones that I've had experience with. But really, all you need is just your breath and, um, and, some, and, and a little bit of time to, to dedicate uh, to that. So I would really just, uh, in terms of swikes, um, I would say um, learn self-care practices as early as possible in your career. Uh, yeah. as, as early as you can, really. I, I wish meditation was taught in, in high school because I think it, um, I think the most important thing, the biggest lesson that, that I've learned or I can pass on to anybody else is like knowing yourself is really the most powerful thing you can you can have and you can apply that to your career uh, absolutely yeah. like i think i think in many ways we are like a lot of people when they come out of university and they spend so much time and, and money and uh so much expectations on pursuing whatever it is their chosen field is whether it be finance or or uh business or you know um uh, i don't whatever whatever it may be right computer science um the more, like, I would, I would focus on dedicating some time to getting to know yourself, right? To doing, to, to, to learn self-care practices, to, to, to learn about nutrition, to learn how important food is and rest and, uh, and, 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 uh, you know, um, learn what it is that you, 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 you're all about outside of work, because I think the longer my career goes on, the more I understand that um, there, there's so much more, so much more to us than, than, than just what we do, you know, for a living. And I think the more you, the more you can align your career with those things that you are deeply passionate about, like in my case right now, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pinching myself almost on a daily basis is because it's like, I love getting to know people and learning about technology. And I get to do that every day, you know, like, on the worst day, there'll be somebody I talk to and they'll, they'll tell me something. I'll learn something that's just like incredible. So the faster you can align those things. And I think people are so focused on the, the school they're going to go to, the classes they're going to take, the, right. the, the jobs they're going to take, the, the, all this stuff. They're so busy there and they lose track of learning who they are and what are they all about and what they're passionate about and kind of getting in tune with, 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 with that, because I think that could, the most lucky people I think are the ones that align early on, like the Kobe Bryant's and they, they often like some of those people talk about it very often how early on, they just knew that this was what they wanted to do, that there was no doubt in their mind. So meditation would be uh, an incredible ally to anyone I think and I, I am an advocate for it because uh, I've done a lot of different things to try to improve my mental health I've um, you know uh, I've read all about it I you know I've, uh, I've talked to a lot of professionals and you know tried a lot of different uh, uh, treatments and medications but meditation has been the most powerful tool and it's completely free it's completely um, uh, accessible to anyone, anywhere, right this moment. You know, it's very, very powerful. So I, I'm happy to dive into that more. But I, I just wanted to. Uh, but, but the other thing I'll say is, as well as mental health is is very complicated. And, and just because this worked for me, and this is not the only thing. Like, 
Uh, there's a number of tools in in the mental health tool uh, toolkit sort of that I that I I focus on meditation because I just think there's really no 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 negative uh, like for and I think it's beneficial for for anyone to get to know. So yeah, yeah that, thanks th- thanks for letting me talk about that a little bit. No, I would I would definitely echo that. Where starting off with uh, knowing yourself, uh, I think is definitely an important part. Where I, I say that people are often on that conveyor belt of life, where they kind of go through school, thump, and the next graduation, thump, and then keep on going. But really, they don't do it because they want to. They're doing it because mom and dad expects them, culture expects them, whatever it is, uh, expects them to do it. But they don't actually take the time of, well, what is my thing? And it, it, it makes sense because in our parents and our grandparents' generation, they didn't really have the choice. They didn't have things like the internet or, or um, um, basically all these kind of remote learning and anything. Like now you can pretty much reach out and access anyone, right? Um, and and it, yeah. they're, they're, you have that ability with a little bit of persistence, obviously, and, mm-hmm. and, and a little bit of care. Um, but starting with that, knowing yourself, and then that whole mental mental wellness, I, I would love to continue on the conversation because I think it's one of those things where it's not even like like depression or anxiety. It's it's being human, right? We all experience Absolutely. on, on Absolutely. one spectrum or another, right? Some of it more severe. Uh, and then it's kind of ebbs and flows. And, and I like to uh, equate it to kind of like this, the seasons where uh, for some people, they're yeah. in winter, right? And, and it's a deep, dark, depressing winter. But spring will come and summer will come and then you'll cycle back. And, and the goal is to make winter as short as possible, <laughs> right? And summer or, or spring or whatever season you like the most, as long as possible. And and have finding those tools to do it. And I, and I would echo that like meditation is definitely one of those things that, that kind of almost universally helps. Uh, and and uh, we'll definitely get into that. But uh, I'd love to uh, bring you back for future episodes. And uh, where, where can folks connect with you? If uh, Is it probably on LinkedIn or email? Or is there another way for folks yeah. to reach out and connect? LinkedIn is great because that's where I am most of the time as my job is very much like reaching out and, 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 and connecting with people and uh, mostly in the tech space. Um, so yeah, LinkedIn, Sergey Kalnish, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Twitter. That's where I'm more, you know, just sort of uh, me and my personal uh, opinions and uh, on, on many different topics that I, that I enjoy. Uh, Sergey Kalnish uh, there, I think uh, also. Um yeah, these are these are great ways, uh, and uh, yeah, through LinkedIn is probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. And I would definitely recommend anyone. I mean, that's a, a, a I think in terms of career development, and if if you're early on in your career, invest in your LinkedIn profile. Right. Um, it is a right now the most powerful recruiting tool there is, and uh, it, it's it's also just very powerful for connecting with people uh, from all walks of life. Uh, so, uh, yeah. You can definitely find me there. Perfect. So thanks, Sergey, for joining us. And uh, we're looking forward to having you back in future episode. Really appreciate it, Luki. Thank you so much. And best of luck to everyone. Take care. All the best. Take care. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.